0: The blue wall is back and bigger than ever. And then, yes, Michigan State basketball starts Big Ten play this Sunday against Northwestern. We get into that game. And, oh, yeah, we are not leaving hockey neglected this time around. We talk with Jeremy Dewar in the third segment as well. Let's go. You are go. Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, look at that. It's the greatest people of all time. Yes, the viewers, the listeners of Locked On Spartans. Thank you so much for kicking off your weekend with us here on the Locked On Podcast Network, breaking down your favorite team in green and white five days a week. Now, before going any further, hey, please rate, review, and subscribe to this here podcast or YouTube channel. And if you're a Michigan fan, just just hit the thumbs down button right now. Let's just cut to that chase. Don't waste anyone's time or effort there. Uh, Let's get into the news of the day. And yeah, we're going to take a trip down the road here to good old Washtenaw County where their hardworking prosecution office that always play it fair and straight, oh my, have charges against Mozzie Smith, a Michigan defensive lineman. Now, quickly, I'll get this one out of the way right here. Felony gun charge. He was at a traffic stop. He had a weapon. Look, I'm not saying that this kid should be buried underneath a prison. Hell, I don't even think that... Maybe a multi-game suspension is warranted. Regardless, nothing is going to happen uh, because we all know how all this plays out. But, yes, this was before the Michigan State game. He actually was arrested not too long before the Spartan game, and he was able to play the last seven games of the season, regardless of all this being out there. But, yes, after their media day for the Big Ten Championship game, this news drops. And, well, let's just get into it right now. Um, There was a statement from Jim Harbaugh here, and he said, quote, there needs to be accountability. Also, quote, there needs to be a thorough and timely investigation. Quote, it's clear what transpired. It seems very open and shut. And then, quote, an apology will not get the job done in this instance. And oh, shoot. Okay. Mm, Shoot. Hold on. That wasn't the statement for the Mozzie Smith thing. That was actually him clutching every single pearl that his family has ever owned when he was at the press conference after the whole tunnel scuffle that happened after the game. You know, the one that had the incident where Michigan State suspended their players during the investigation so that everything can get sorted out before any other discipline can step in or anything like that. Also... Ward Manuel, uh, he had a statement as well, and uh, wait, no, no, I'm sorry. He's still working on that statement for the whole Jeff Jackson incident when he wrapped his own car around a light pole at 3 a.m. So we'll get back to you in a little bit here, Ward. Uh, actually, no, on a real note, they did have a statement. Uh, it was laughable, but nothing's going to happen. They did the whole, he's a good kid, thing, hey, maybe that's true. having a weapon inside your car I don't think makes you a horrible person or a bad individual or a thug like some of you people like to say over there. No, just in the same way that I don't think pushing and shoving in a tunnel after a very heated game against a very heated opponent makes you a bad person as well. But again, I know that all you people wanted our team buried under the prison and you made sure to get your AD screaming about that and your head coach crying about that as well and... there are just crickets around this incident here and look never mind the the timeline for the charges and everything i look we all know that the season ticket holding law professor that's the prosecutor over in washington county had his hands tied he was a little busy the last month to get in front of this one and look never mind him being arrested at the scene you know kind of just like jeff jackson wasn't when he totaled his car at 3 in the morning no sobriety test either or uh you know what? Not arrested at the scene. Mm, no, that's weird because Imani Bates was also arrested at the scene in the same county. It's almost as if you're a Michigan athlete, you get preferential treatment. That's interesting. That's not the, that's not the way it should be. But look, I I laugh about this because what what else can we expect? Nothing is going to change. And let's just talk about the state-run media here that we have in this wonderful state of ours. And yes, I know we look over at foreign lands like North Korea or, I don't know, Iran or whatever the hell you want to look to and laugh at their propaganda. And <laughs> well, not too funny when it happens in your own state. This is the sports version of state-run media. And no, this isn't one of my opinions. This isn't a conspiracy theory. I'm sitting you down like an adult with wool over your eyes. You're not going to listen to me. And telling you what's happening. Like, please, you think that any professional person on the beat does any digging around to do anything that could possibly hurt the giant PR machine that, well, they're kind of employed with at Michigan? No. And uh, look, before going any further, uh, I get it. The the blue wall, it's here. Uh, I used to be naive. I used to say, no, it doesn't exist. But it, it absolutely positively does. But one misconception... Of the blue wall is that the Michigan State beat reporters are out to get Michigan State and No, th- look, hey, State fans, I know that you feel this way about some of our reporters, but I'm going to tell you that they just do their jobs. It's, it's very hard to see that sometimes because you look at one team that doesn't have anyone doing any digging around or holding anyone ever accountable, and then the guys that cover Michigan State do. So yes, that could be frustrating, but... No, look, no one does their job on the Michigan beat. Part of journalism is holding people accountable, telling the inconvenient truths, but there's none of that over there. And look, hey, we could lie to ourselves and say, oh well, the charges were just uh, filed or whatever, you know, today. What do you talk? I've got a little secret. That's not a secret at all, actually, because a lot of people knew it. I knew about this Mozzie Smith thing before the Michigan State game. I'm not a Michigan insider. I don't peruse message boards. I I barely even care. But yet, it was just information offered up to me freely. You're telling me that no one in their media knew, no one dug around, no one put it on the front page of their sports section, kind of like the way the Detroit News did it when L.J. Scott was just popped for driving on a suspended license? No, no one one did that. We all had to whistle by the graveyard and just wait for this to happen. And... Look, I, it's, it's a, a, an unfortunate, unfortunate circumstance here, but we got a great example in front of us right now is that after Michigan State had the tunnel incident, Mel Tucker immediately suspends all players, doesn't even let uh, the investigation start before, you know what, we're shutting down all the players right here. And still, uh, culture issues within the program. Uh, leading a team full of thugs. Oh, this is terrible. What a state. Okay, and then uh, Jim Harbaugh. He holds his guy out, zero snaps, zero games while all this is going on, and gets to use the, he's a nice kid excuse when, you know, no punishment's going to happen. But it doesn't have to. Because, again, this is the blue wall media. No one has ever, ever held accountable. No one does any digging whatsoever. And, hey, one of the biggest stories that happened in the last decade. Unfortunately, Brandon Gibbons, the kicker for Michigan, accused of rape, covered up for three years, Oh, well, yeah, that was dug up by journalists, wasn't it? Not really, actually. It was dug up not by professionals, not the free press, not the news, not MLive, not anyone that actually gets a good paycheck to write about them. No, even that story had to have been dug up by the Michigan Daily, the student newspaper at Ann Arbor. Kids that are trying to make a name for themselves in their careers before they hopefully go on to better things than working for a propaganda machine. But yes, they just don't do their jobs and nothing's ever going to happen. It was very funny to see a certain reporter. I'm not going to name drop him. I like him a lot. He said, Oh my God, how is Michigan and the prosecution going to spin this? Can we, can we be adults here, please? We've seen this play out every single year. Anytime something like this happens, They don't have to spin anything because there's no talking done. No one asks questions. No one asks any follow-ups. This is just like the Donovan Edwards situation. This is just like the Jeff Jackson wrapping his 80 cars around a light pulse situation. It is just like the Jabril Peppers punching a fan at Ohio State situation. Or, I don't know, it's kind of like that big old Bo Schembechler enabling Dr. Anderson thing that happened over the summer but maybe you don't really know a lot about those stories anymore because it is crickets from Michigan media. So, hey, I got to give it to them. They did it again. Nothing's going to change. This won't be a story that goes on any longer in their eyes because it was never a story with them to begin with. So, yes, uh, it's tough when Michigan State has to play 13 opponents on the football field every single year or an additional opponent in basketball, but there's always the opponent of the media. And uh, look, again, not opinion. Not crazy tinfoil, hack and spear. See, I'm telling you what's happening, guys. It, it, really, you don't think anything else is getting swept up over there in Washington County or at Michigan? Please, you almost got away with it this time. But, ah, shoot, they finally dropped those charges after all your big games against Michigan State, after Ohio State. So, yeah, hey, better, better luck next time that you do get through the entire way. Unscathed. Uh, probably will happen, actually. So, there we have it. We're going to talk about Michigan State basketball as they take on Northwestern here in a hot segment. But first, you need to talk your ear off about betonline.net. We're talking the number one sports betting site out there. If you got the World Cup fever like I do, well, go to betonline.net. Bet on our Yankees, the Patriots, whatever nickname you want to give the U.S. soccer team to advance beyond Netherlands at plus 175 odds on betonline, your number one source for sports betting info stats. News and analysis. Get all the latest odds and trends for every. Oh my God! If I could talk, every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer to esports. Oh yeah, they got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, well, guess what, Buckaroo? You can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get in on all the betting action. So head to the website today. Use your mobile device. Learn more about the trends and action. That's at BetOnline, gang, where the game starts. And let's kick off this segment here talking about, holy smokes, Michigan State men's basketball tipping off Big Ten play already. God, I feel like the aircraft carrier game was just a week ago. But, hey, Sunday at Breslin Center, 7 p.m., they are taking on the mighty, mighty Northwestern Wildcats in uh in a game against a team that has thrown some barbs at Michigan State in recent years. It uh, doesn't matter how good or how, well, not good Northwestern is, they are always a dog in this one. So let's get to learn about our Wildcats here. Five and two overall on the season. They cruised through five games to kick off the year. They didn't really play any one worth writing home about, just a few local high school teams, but they beat them, almost all of them, by double digits. However, lost a horrendous game uh, to Auburn. It was like 42-41 to or something disgusting like that. And they just got pounded by Pitt at home. Pitt is not that great. uh, But, hey, uh, when you get out-rebounded the way you do and shoot the ball as poorly as Northwestern does, well, that's going to happen. So let's break it down, what they're not good at and what they are good at ahead of this matchup on Sunday. Starting off with a not-good uh, look, let's just go to right what we were just talking about. They're shooting. They are not a good shooting team. And some guys are shooting below their career percentages so far this season. Maybe that has an uptick here. But fact of the matter is, regardless, right now they rank outside of the top 300 in the country at field goal percentage. It is not great. And even getting to the free throw line for those easy points... They're not that great at that either. They're rated outside the top 250 teams in the country for getting to the line. They average about 16 free throw attempts per game. That's not a lot. However, for context, Michigan State is actually even worse at that. They shoot about 15 free throws per game. So if Michigan State can start ticking that number up a little bit, especially with the strong free throw shooters they do have, that would be very beneficial, I think, as we get into Big Ten play. And also... Well, yeah, you want easy points from the free-throw line against this Northwestern team because let's go to what they are good at. They are really good at, well, everything that's not offense and shooting and everything like that. They are top 25 in the country in defensive efficiency, and they are numero uno. That's right, number one in defensive two-point field goal percentage. Teams are shooting the two point field goal at 37.6% against them. And they're also pretty strong too with perimeter defense as well. And also, this is a, a bullet point I could have copied and pasted from the Notre Dame preview, but Northwestern is very experienced as well. They still have Chase Audige. They have Boo Bowie, which how the, oh, how on earth is he still playing college basketball? And then Robbie Barron as well and Ty Berry, upperclassmen. They all lead the team in minutes. Now, unlike Notre Dame, Northwestern actually goes pretty deep in their bench. They play eight guys, more than 17 minutes per game. Uh, I did have a bullet point here for just what they're decent at. They're decent at rebounding. Uh, The the numbers say that they're an okay team, offensive and defensive rebounding. However, they got beat on the boards pretty bad by Pitt, by Auburn. They're two Power 5 teams that they've played so far this year. So, that will be a key to the game. No doubt. It's always a key to the game. But, uh, yeah, rebounding... This is going to be a good litmus test for Northwestern to see just how good of a team they are on the boards. Now, let's go through the starting lineup. Again, they have eight players that play at least 17 minutes per game, but this is the crew that gets the bulk of the play here. Boo Booey, two point guard. That has absolutely obliterated Michigan State in the past. Actually, in the last three games against Michigan State, he is averaging 21.3 points per game. I just am thrilled to see him not play against Michigan State ever again. But I don't know. Knowing how this goes, he'll probably get like an eighth year of eligibility. Granted to him next year. Regardless, Boo Booey is back. No one has forgotten his name. Now, Boo Booey's wingman, Ty Berry. uh, 6'3", you know, shooting guard. uh, Shot 38% last year. So he has a good shooter in him somewhere. But this year, he's just shooting the three-point ball at 29%. So we talk about this throughout the season. Numbers are going to be sustainable and unsustainable. Numbers are going to rise if, you know, their career shows something different. Maybe this could be something with Ty Berry here. Usually a good shooter. Struggling this year, but, hey, hopefully a a road trip to Breslin Center. Keeps the struggles going along here. And Chase Audige is another name that you know. Six-foot-four wing player. Uh, He thinks he's a three-point shooter. He takes about six three-pointers per game. Doing decent at it so far this year. 35%, but... Last year on the season, shot 28% from three. So it's almost like the opposite of Ty Berry, a guy that's starting the year pretty well. Hopefully comes back down to his career mean here in a little bit. Just to round it out, uh, Robbie Barron, six foot nine senior. Uh, he can step out and hit a three. Doesn't take a lot of him, just a little over three per game. Solid rebounder, though. Almost kind of like a Joey Hauser-type player. Maybe a twinge more athletic than him, but that's going to be a good matchup at the four. Joey Hauser versus Robbie Barron. And then Titus Verhoeven. Hopefully I said his name right. Fifth-year senior, not really an offensive factor. Uh, kind of a minutes eater, which is not something that you want out of your starter. But regardless, we might see a lot of these small ball lineups from Northwestern here, and uh, it's a good matchup here. And it's almost like a mirror of a matchup as well because what's Northwestern's strength? Okay? It's going to be their guard play. Kind of like, you know, how we have, hey, Tyson Walker, A.J. Hogard, and should Jaden Akins play, the key to the game very well be, or might very well be, you know, Tyson Walker, A.J. Hogard, Jaden Akins versus Boo Booey, Ty Berry, and Chase Audige. And then, at the four position, okay, you got a good player over there in Robbie Barron. We've got a pretty good player too in Joey Hauser. That will be a great one-on-one matchup. And then, Kind of like Michigan State, they're, they're five positions, uh, a revolving door, and no one's going to be mistaken for Oscar Chibwe in uh, in the meantime, to put it lightly. So, it's kind of what Michigan State has going on right now. Obviously, you know, Matty Sissoko, good start to the season, but just like we talked about on yesterday's show, kind of silent ever since the Champions Classic. So, maybe cream will rise to the top here for him, but... I don't know. We'll see. It's it's going to be a very interesting matchup because I think these two teams just mirror each other so well. So uh, there you have it. Uh, Barttorvik.com. Yes, the smart computer people at Barttorvik have a 64 to 57 predicted victory for Michigan State. 78% chance of victory. Now, at the other end of this little break here, we will be getting to Jer Bear. That's right, Jeremy Dewar of Mun Musings. We're talking hockey. And hey, if you're not a huge hockey fanatic, Lord knows I'm not. I'm a casual observer. Jeremy does a great job of bringing both the experts and the casuals up to speed on everything going on with MSU. So keep it tuned to that segment here. Let's just, Let's just get to him in a hot second. We are finally talking that hockey again with Jeremy Dewar because, honestly, who who else are we going to talk about Michigan State hockey with? You you want to leave this up to just me? (laughs) Absolutely not. No, we're going to bring on an actual expert that actually knows what he's talking about. Jeremy, how on earth are we doing over there, man? It's a a wonderful day on campus.
1: It's uh, doing well, man. It's a big weekend. It's crazy to actually have something to look forward to on a hockey weekend. I haven't felt this in years. So
0: We last talk to you before the season and we're talking all the potential sunshine and rainbows that there could be first year of the adam nightingale era and you know just walking in with full hope we kind of did the same thing with football season as well and well we know how that ended however oh my goodness gracious hockey is is back that's my first question are are the, are the boys back jeremy <laughs> and i have tried so
1: hard to like pump the brakes. Cause I, cause I know how our fan base is, right? The second I say sure. it's back and it goes sideways, then it's like, well, who's the new coach? Like, what do we do? Like we, we do not, <laughs> for all the like all the bad things we've observed as a fan base, we don't exactly deal with it well either. So as someone who went through nine plus years of Anastas and Cole just being awful, <laughs> I was just kind of like, no, yeah. I'm not going to tell you we're back yet because I want people to be excited when we're actually back. Um, I took the break off I think last week. I think I'm ready to say this team, uh, I, I think, I think it was Brad LaPlante from the only colors, like tweeted out like no one has ever been this high in the pair with, pairwise at this point in the season and missed the NCAA tournament. So I don't know, man, it feels wow. bad. It feels bad. Um, you know, we could always still have like a insane injury bug, like the football team this season or sure. something like that could derail it, but, uh, I don't know, man. It's hard to picture not making the Stanley Tournament right now.
0: It, yeah, which is crazy to say. It doesn't feel uh, right. But. That absolutely is because look, I, I I follow the hockey team, but I'm probably as just about a casual as casual of a fan as you could ever hope for. However, it, even casual fans can appreciate this stat right here that this team has won seven of their last eight games, and honestly, like it could have gone eight for eight there. I believe it was a late. Kind of game they gave away on the road to Penn State. But regardless, that is a good stretch. No, great stretch. What am I saying? That's a great stretch. We'll use the G-R-E-A-T word. What has been going well with this team, though? What do you credit this success to? I mean, you know, the the
1: biggest stat, like, for me is just the the goal scoring is way up. Like, I, I, I knew that we had some freshmen that I liked. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and to give some credit where it's due, I mean, the majority of the freshmen are Dayton Cole holdovers. So it's not all on gotcha. Nightingale, but I mean, the, the number one scorer on the team is a freshman who Adam Nightingale grabbed in like May. So it's, yeah, you got to give credit where it's due there too. But, uh, I mean, right now they've got 58 goals scored 58, which is fifth in the country. Um, wow. the entire season last year, they scored 76. So we're going to beat last year's goal total probably before we hit 2023 possibly depending on the next few weekends and how it goes um like that's just insane they're up a goal and a half a game right now and it's it's a little bit of a mix of some talent infusion but it's also just a mix of like all the things that you hear about with a new hire like they've hit on Mm -hmm. right like the guys who were here um and had this talent but either felt wore out by the coaching staff or they didn't have confidence or they weren't playing the right style. Like that's all come to fruition now. And you gotcha. have the, the strength and conditioning coach has been amazing. I, I heard guys in the summer, like parents and players telling me like, this guy's amazing. You're, you're going to see a huge difference. And I feel like every new coach, that's one of like, that's one of the three things you've got to hear yes. is that the strength and coach-
0: card. The, the program's
1: going great. It's a new strength and conditioning coach. That's why we're better. We have a new nutritionist. Like, it's better. But this team in the third period just wears teams out. That's part of why that Penn State game is so surprising, because they have not been letting teams take games away late. And they've more often than not been just hammering teams in the third. Um, and they've continued to do that. So it's, it's like everything you want to hit on on a new hire has been happening. Yeah. And it's kind of – Again, why I don't want to take my foot off the brake was like, there's got to be a, there's got to be a losing streak, right? You got to hit a wall at some point. It just can't keep going this way. But I don't know, man. It keeps going this way. <laughs> like seven of eight, you can't, can't knock it. So,
0: and there's a huge weekend coming up, obviously. And look, it's Minnesota. You know, I, I think there's like 58 different ranking sites for college hockey. But for what <laughs> I've seen, Minnesota, top five team. Like they are cream of the crop. They always are. What are your expectations going into this week? And because on one hand, yeah, Minnesota, really good team. They always are. But, hey, got two home games Saturday. Also, the Teddy Bear Toss game. If you are in the Lansing area, get some tickets for a and Teddy Bear. Chuck that thing on the ice. Uh, what are the expectations, though, for a up-and-coming Michigan State team against an established Minnesota team?
1: Um, I mean, so for the home series, if this was in Minnesota, I, I would have a hard time thinking they do anything out of, like, Maybe you get a point or two because you force overtime, sure. but you know, that would be my expectation and anything above that would be uh, be gravy with a home series. Like I am hoping I I'm thinking it's a split uh, Minnesota split with Ohio state, Michigan say swept okay. them. Minnesota split with uh, Penn state as MSU did. Um, and they're coming off a loss at Arizona state, which I mean, not the best program, not a bad program by any means, but like they should have swept Arizona state. Um, okay. So I don't know, man, like uh, looking at some of the common opponents, it, it feels like this is a, there's a split to be had here um, with them. Uh, but it, it is certainly going to be, I don't even know if I can say it's the best test they've had. I, I kind of rate Penn state and Minnesota about equal and state went on okay. the road and like we talked about They're seven minutes away from, you know, a possible sweep of Penn state. So, uh, You know, and and they bounced back from the Friday loss to then come back and beat them seven three on Saturday. So, I think you you got to at least expect a split here at home. Um, You know, anything less than that would feel a little bit disappointing, especially going into a, a home and home with Michigan next weekend. Who's getting healthy? Like I know Minnesota killed Michigan a couple weeks ago, but that was a Michigan team with their third string goalie playing forward for the night. Cause they were so down. So
0: it's, Oh my. It's a, <laughs> oh yeah. They had I mean,
1: they had guys with a uh, flu bug that were like in the hospital. Like it was a rough week for Michigan. Oh Minnesota. So um, yeah, yeah. So Michigan city uh, split, split feels perfect. Uh, it's, it's a hedge answer, but I mean, again, sure. Watch me in August and I'm not telling you a splits possible. So
0: and just on paper like what is the biggest difference between Michigan State which hey you know obviously has something to be said about how well they're playing their top fifth top 15 in the ranks that I got them at and then Minnesota top 5 team what what is the gap there between a top 5 team in hockey and where Michigan State is at right now is it just depth is it almost like you know Michigan State versus OSU in football where it's just size and speed or what is right. it from the hockey standpoint
1: I would say at this point um I mean, depth is going to be it. I I think it's going to be like being a fourth line kid at Minnesota is a different thing than being a fourth line kid in this version of Michigan State right now, maybe. Um, Mm -hmm. But really, I mean, that's the other thing. Right now, MSU, all four lines are contributing. So it's, it's pretty even there. I think, I think the margin for error is much higher when you're at Minnesota, right? Like if you give up a mistake, you got a defenseman who can cover you. You're not always sure that's going to happen here or um, gotcha, you know, and just the consistency of Minnesota. But again, I mean, Michigan state and the pairwise is seven and that's a two seed in the NCAA tournament. So it's wow. Uh, it's more so. Do you trust that, uh, this isn't all just like a new coach bump and they can sustain it. I think is where you're at with Michigan state because, um, mm-hmm. top end talent. I mean, they're not going to match Minnesota. There's multiple first and second round NHL draft picks on Minnesota's team. Um, you know, MSU, like their NHL picks are fifth and sixth round guys they are kind of flyers. So um, talent-wise, not going to match it. But right okay. now, like how they're coming together, they're, it's kind of like being the D'Antonio team that beats one of those Ohio State teams, right? Like that's kind of like where gotcha. you're at, where you're extremely well coached. Uh, you're, you're playing well for your coach and you you overcome some of that talent disparity.
0: That's why I like talking to you because you're good at the cross sport references here. You, just, you talk to the the lay people like me who just love football and basketball and getting the weeds on that, but only casually watch hockey. But that's a good comparison right there. Hey, yeah. before we're getting you out the door really quick, surely there's nothing going on recruiting wise, right? There, there's no, you know, big splash oh, names, man. right? Come on. <laughs> oh man, yeah, yeah. This uh, just
1: last night, which was nice, nice solve on the wound of uh, the basketball game last night. But yeah, Maxim. <laughs> I, I'm going to mess up his pronunciation because I'm not great at Slovak. Yeah. Maxim Stravic uh, committed to the Squires. I was So, 05 um, defenseman. And I'd say he, you know, we talked about when we talked in the summer that we were just coming off that string of all those 06, you know, USNTDP kids yeah. committing. Um, I'd say he's on that level. Uh, right now, probably the, the guy that I love the most for NHL draft type is Corey Pronman, who works at the athletic and he has him in the first round right at the end of the first round, like 29th. Um, but watched a little video on him last night, super, super talented kid. Uh, you know, a defenseman who's going to score goals for you. I, I expect he might be here in the fall, um, which says a lot okay. when you're 18 and you can make a, most freshmen are not 18. So he, he might be on that level. Um, and for MSU fans, if you follow high a little bit, it reminds you a lot of like Jeff Petrie, who's, gone on he's had like a 10 year NHL career now. So um super talented kid and yeah it's he's rolling. We also had another visitor this week. I won't say who was here, but uh yeah. both Max and another player were visiting this week. So they were busy recruiting this week. So uh keep your eye out for maybe um you know in this Max was a decommit from Vermont like about a month and a half ago and the other kid they hosted uh is also a decommit from another spot. So We'll see if gotcha. they close the deal with him. But um yeah, they're in on they're in on some kids and they're not they're not sitting just happy on their laurels right now. They are they're actively improving the pipeline as well. So
0: bang. Look at that. Well, hey, thanks a ton, Jeremy. Uh, we we hear time and time again like, hey, get Jeremy back on. Let's talk some hockey. And dang it, we yeah. finally did. Sp- and it's even better when the season's going as good as it is right know, now. So it. gotta jump on while it's good. <laughs> oh, absolutely, positively, or hey, maybe it could get even better. Maybe we're still on the upslope here. I mean, let's go, add him, Nightingale. It. Let's go. Let's get it popping. Let's. Go. I see the vision, Jeremy, and you are opening all of our eyes to the vision. Absolutely, love having you on as always. uh Thanks for your generosity, your time, and really quick. What is the teddy bear throwing strategy here? Is it like a like grenade toss? Is it like oh, a man. shot put, or what? What do we do here? So, Baseball throw. So I, I would say shoot? grenade toss. For one. Okay.
1: Just because I just think it's okay. the most fun. But yes. low key a tip. Uh, for I used to work the ice crew at the Griffins game. So I had to bring okay. out teddy bears. Remember that these are getting donated and that ice is really wet. Key, yeah. wrap your teddy bear, like a grocery bag or like a ziploc bag, some type of like bag that you can wrap it in. Sure. Um, so that they don't have to wash it. And, I mean I I'm sure they will treat the, you know, I mean, these are going to kids that are in hospital typically um yeah. you know or donations so they're going to treat them anyways but low key just to make sure that nothing happens to that that teddy bear that you bring in put a put a little bag around it and uh, it'll keep it dry
0: and it makes it a little bit easier to throw too so man look at, he does it all he preaches about MSU hockey gives us the inside scoops and now breaks down the proper teddy bear toss he's Jeremy Dewar. he's the best and so is everyone else that listen or watch the show here on Lockdown on Spartans we will be back go enjoy the rest of your weekend love you all Go green. Let's go. Let's go.